You're listening to Intentional Optimists, the podcast for unconventional leaders, where you'll find inspiration, learn to discover and develop your own strengths, and hear from inspiring women just like you who are making a difference in their community. Who knows, you just might find yourself stepping up as the next unconventional leader right where you are. I'm your host, Andrea Johnson, the original Intentional Optimist. Hey there, I'm Andrea Johnson, and my Maxwell Disc Type Indicator is ICD, or The Leader. I'm enthusiastic and innovative, optimistic and energetic. I'm persuasive and talkative and extremely capable. I'm motivated by praise and recognition for my quality work, but I prefer freedom from rules and regulations. Now, I love being involved in all areas of a project, but I prefer the leadership role. And my ideal environment includes regular praise, a forum to express my ideas, and the freedom to determine and control the details. These are just some bullet points straight from my own Maxwell Disc Report. Welcome to Episode 10, Everything Disc. Now, I've been alluding to DISC for weeks, and now I finally get to share what I love about it, why I use it, and how I can help you learn about yourself and better relate to others. Today, we'll just take a quick look at the strengths of each style and point out some tips on how to improve your communication abilities. Then next week, I'm having a conversation with my best friend and podcast producer on how we use the insights and information we learn from our own reports. So this week, the basics. Next week, the application. The theory and principles behind DISC are rooted in the ancient Greek philosophers, but developed and refined in modern psychology. They give us an easy-to-understand framework that we use to recognize behavioral and communication patterns. Now, there are four main DISC types, as the acronym would suggest. They are D, Dominant, I, Influencing, S, Steady, and C, Compliant. Once you know what patterns to look for, you can start to spot them in your family, friends, and coworkers. And then you have a general idea of what kind of communication to expect from them and how to best prepare for, interact with, and respond to them in order to have a successful connection. So what do these patterns look like? Well, do you know somebody who's direct? Maybe they drive a project forward. They're bold, decisive, and comfortable being in control. They're probably dewired. Who do you know who's fun, the life of the party, great at telling a story or a joke, usually pretty popular? Those characteristics usually indicate that a person may be eye-wired. Is there anyone you know who's loyal, dedicated, doesn't usually seek attention, and is the backbone of your family or department? Someone who can always be counted on to support people and projects? They're likely an S-wired individual. Now how about somebody who's neat, organized, and structured? They don't seek crowds and they're quiet and focused on the details. They're probably C-wired. Now the DISC framework isn't meant to label you or box you in. We're each a unique combination of all four, but we do have a natural set point or wiring of one, two, or even three styles that dominate, like me, I, C, and D. The point is to recognize the patterns of your behavioral preferences and then lean into your natural areas of strength and bring your best into your work and your relationships. But it's not just your wiring that shapes your personality and behavior. You have to take into account three main areas. One is heredity or genetics. These are the distinct patterns or behavior you're born with. Next is the environment. These are our life experiences, especially emotionally charged ones in our developmental years. They can have a big impact on our personality style. 
And then there's our role models, people in our lives who teach us what's valuable or reinforce certain behaviors. Each of these three factors contribute to the makeup of who we are. Now, the four dis types then fall into two main categories, reserved or outgoing, and people versus task. Maybe I shouldn't say versus. <laughs> Let me illustrate. Let's say you're waiting for an elevator. As the doors begin to open, you secretly hope that no one else is in there so you don't have to go through that awkward moment of trying to figure out if they're going to want to talk to you. So you get in, you press the button for the floor you want, and then you look at the button panel, or your shoes, or the door, or the floor numbers as they change, and you only just wish the elevator would go a little faster so you can make your quiet exit. Is that you? That would indicate a more reserved nature. But if instead you're curious and excited to see who's behind those elevator doors, and the minute you walk in, you say a hearty hello to everyone, press the button for your floor, and then begin to ask them how their day has been or make a joke about the weather, you're more outgoing. Now here's another quick question for you. Let's say you're planning a vacation. Are you focused on the details that must get done in order to leave? Like mow the lawn, take the dog to the kennel, take your car in for service, or maybe you're lighting up work tasks and coverage for while you're out, or checking to see if the hotel has Wi-Fi so you can answer emails. If that sounds like you, whew, that's a lot, but you're task-oriented. However, if you're more focused on who's going to go with you, or who you're catching up to, or thinking about who you're going to see when you're there and all the fun stuff you're going to do, say a prayer of thanks for those task-oriented people in your life because they're the reason you get to go on vacation in the first place. You, my friend, are people-oriented. So you see, with one question, we can determine if someone is either outgoing or reserved, and with another, whether they're more task or people-oriented. Now, based on your answers to the elevator and vacation questions, you can begin to see where you fall on the Maxwell Disk Matrix. I have a resource to help you visualize this, and I'll share that in just a few. Now, when we look at it from a disk perspective, Ds and Is are more outgoing. They don't mind the people in the elevator. Cs and Ss are more reserved. They're hoping the elevator's empty. But in the event that it isn't, S's are also thinking that they should at least be nice. D's and C's focus on getting things done and then think about the people. They're making the list for the vacation or checking to see if the hotel has Wi-Fi. I's and S's focus on people first, then on getting tasks done, if there's time. Their vacation planning consists of a list of names or experience that they want to have while they're there. All right, now let's break down the four disc styles. Each one has specific patterns, clear motivators, and a greatest fear. Understanding all three of these aspects really helps you understand them. So let's dive in for a little bit of a deeper look. The D or dominant type. These are the most effective and at times, some of the most difficult people to work with. But if you want something done, these are your people. Ds only make up about 3% of the world's population. They're bold, confident, and decisive. They love being in control, and they can make quick decisions, making them excellent in emergencies. Ds are super productive. They're goal-oriented and focus on results. They're always working towards something, and they're proficient at multitasking, probably the only real multitaskers out there. They're strong-willed, independent, positive, persistent, driven by authority, and will easily try and take control. They're great leaders, usually quite positive, and good at motivating others to action. But they're pragmatic, embracing any change that will help them get results. Ds thrive on resistance, kind of like an athlete or a weight trainer. 
and they're very comfortable responding to direct confrontation. Again, it's just direct and to the point. They also prefer to work with people who are loyal and their greatest fear is being taken advantage of. Now, anytime our strengths get a little out of balance, they can create obstacles for us. For a D, the intensity of their personality can seem insensitive, domineering, impatient, unable to relax or unforgiving. They come off as opinionated or cold. But because they're not afraid of conflict, they can also become argumentative, inconsiderate, not complimentary to others, possessive, and they do not like to apologize. Now, my son is a high D, and I see all these characteristics in him. I'm learning how to help him thrive and to communicate in ways that will help us get along and make him better. As an I parent, it can be tough for me to maintain control with a D preteen, but we're learning a whole lot about respect for each other's styles. Next is the I or influencing type. These people may be a little overbooked and are often late for dinner or work or church. Not that I know anything about that. But when you're having a party, they're usually at the top of your list because they're great at schmoozing. I mean, socializing with others. Let's face it. They're fun. They're spontaneous, friendly, and they're often in the spotlight. Eyes make up about 11% of the population. Eyes make persuasive, charismatic, and enthusiastic speakers. They're talkative, emotional, expressive, and animated, often comfortable in the spotlight. They're wonderful storytellers and encouragers, and they treasure great experiences with others. Since they're relationship-oriented, they're very likable, friendly, and even inspirational. Eyes seek a fun, friendly environment, and they're always active. They're social, usually pretty generous, charming, and optimistic but their greatest fear is rejection and loss of approval. When an eye strengths are out of balance, they may appear to be undisciplined, undependable, disorganized, naive, phony, distracted, impulsive, forgetful, not listening. I don't like this list. <laughs> not following through, wasting time, talking too much, overcommitted, or seeking the spotlight. Trust me, none of those are me. Now, as a very high I myself, I can tell you I struggle with many of these obstacles. Like, I'm rarely exactly on time. I mean, ever. <laughs> However, I'm learning to embrace the fact that my desire to talk rather than work and my empathetic tendencies aren't all bad. They're evidence that I value people and my relationships very highly. The third type is S or steady. These are your team-oriented people. These are the ones who get things done and keep the atmosphere friendly. They may not like change, but give them enough time and they'll come around. S's are usually pretty loyal, helpful, and can always be relied upon to follow through. For an I like me, this sounds amazing. It's estimated that 69% of the population is S-wired. S's are loyal and work best in a cohesive atmosphere. They seek a solid team environment and they're great listeners. They're faithful and supportive. They're easygoing and agreeable, evenly paced, good listeners, compassionate. S's are also relationship-oriented, though more reserved, treasuring peaceful and secure relationships. They're hard, steady workers who take the project that the D and the I starts and actually make it happen. S's are also savers, and because they value people, they're usually pretty sentimental. Now, their greatest fear is loss of security or confrontation. When an S's strengths are out of balance, they may appear to be a little too laid back, and when they get stressed out, they can be sarcastic and resistant to change. They can be perceived as slow-paced or slow to start. 
They may have difficulty saying no, and they often need reassurance. S's may appear to be possessive, skeptical, or indecisive. They may not speak up even when they should. And they'll not always be direct. They'll shut down in confrontation. And it won't come as a surprise that I have several high S's in my life. A team member who doesn't speak up until she's pushed pretty much over the edge. And a client who has a terrible time saying no. But don't for a second think that a steady person is a plain person or vanilla. Remember Julia Roberts from a few weeks ago? She's anything but plain, and she's a very high S. She's a rock, a rock star. And the last but not least is our C, compliant. These people will make sure that you have enough money in the budget to make that big purchase you've been looking at. And when they give you information, it's accurate, no question. They're always on time, their desk, home, and even their garage is probably organized with color-coded labels. They're on time, analytical, and not so spontaneous. In fact, these are your planners, and they take pride in their accuracy. C's make up about 17% of the population. C's are analytical. They're genius-prone, self-sacrificing, and idealistic. And when someone says something like, you would think about someone else, I always assume there's a good bit of C in their makeup. It's that idealistic nature. They're compliant, conscientious, and accurate. They're detail-oriented, and boy, do they treasure perfection. They follow the rules. They're usually pretty deep thinkers, serious and sober, and they carry out their work in a correct manner. They're driven by data and gather facts, which they organize in an orderly and logical fashion. They do really high-quality work and are usually persistent in planning and finishing what they start. Their greatest fear is criticism. They do not want to get it wrong. When a C's strengths are out of balance, they may seem moody or critical, rigid, legalistic, or overanalyzing. And since C's prefer to work alone, they can come across as unsociable or socially insecure, cold, or distant. And since they value perfection, they can be hard to please. Of all the personalities, C's are most susceptible to analysis paralysis, causing them to be slow to start due to taking too much time to plan. They can be perfectionists and often avoid risks, even good ones. But because they're so detailed, they may not see the big picture. Remember last week when I described myself as seeing the forest and my husband seeing the trees? Oh, and <laughs> we always have a spare roll of tape for that label maker. Now, why is understanding DISC important? Well, we are, as the psalmist said, fearfully and wonderfully made. We're all beautifully unique. And understanding someone else's DISC style helps us connect with them. As author John Maxwell says, connecting increases your influence in every situation. You know, I've heard it said that in order to succeed in life, we need to learn to work with others. No matter how smart, caring, charismatic, or demanding we are, we won't advance very far without the ability to communicate and connect effectively. In order to do that, we need to treat people with what we call the platinum rule. I'm sure you've heard of the golden rule, right? Treat everybody the way you'd like to be treated. Well, the platinum rule says, treat others how they would like to be treated. The main purposes of communication are to influence, motivate, and express feelings and inform. But it's the responsibility of the person giving the communication to properly relay their message and intent to the receiver. And unless this is done successfully, communication never really takes place. This is often the cause of conflict and misunderstanding and why it's so important to learn someone else's communication language and to operate with the platinum rule in mind. 
So let's talk about how to do this. How do we communicate with each style? There are specific strategies for communicating with someone who's dewired. First, be brief, direct, and to the point, and then leave. <laughs> Remember my son? Oversplaining anything usually results in conflict. Ask what, not how, questions. They don't really care how. They're pragmatic. Ask what they want, then go figure out the how. Focus on results. These are the bottom line, folks. Don't ramble. You'll lose them. These are not your long coffee chat type of friends. When you have to discuss a problem, talk about its effect on the outcomes. They prefer solutions, so offer at least one when you can. Now, when you're communicating with an I, do not ignore their ideas. Hear them, acknowledge them, and if you don't think their idea will work, recognize their efforts and encourage them to keep looking for solutions and get back to you. Then, yes, you listen again. Trust me, I have a million ideas, and I am totally not exaggerating here. Allow time for socializing both in work and after a meeting with them. Follow up with the details in writing. If I had a penny for every conversation I wrap up with, hey, shoot me an email confirming what we just talked about, I would be a very rich lady. Now with meetings, keep in mind that four short 10-minute discussions will be more productive than one 40-minute meeting. The best ways to communicate with S-wired people in your life are smile. Even if you're not feeling friendly, look friendly. Seriously, create a friendly tone for the discussion. I'm mostly talking to the Ds here. Don't be overly aggressive. Minimize the potential for confrontation. This is 69% of the people, and they just don't prefer it, so look for ways to figure things out. One way to do that is if you're working on a project together, define the goal and each person's role on the project. Be sure to show interest in them as a person. I have some amazing S's on my team, and knowing how much they love cats or open-wheel racing goes a really long way. Remember, they're the sentimental people and they value relationships, so doing this tells them that you do too. Now, if changes are needed, give them time to adjust to those changes. Sometimes just telling them that change might be coming or even recruiting them to help with that change is enough. Now, your C-wired people, they need the details. For them, the bottom line is all the way at the bottom of that spreadsheet. Now, make sure when you do offer up facts that they're validated facts. Remember who you're talking to. They get it right, and showing them that you've done so builds trust and confidence in the relationship. Be precise in your explanation and very specific. They're usually pretty literal. Be patient, answer all their questions, and follow up to provide them with the additional data they request. Remember, if they ask a lot of questions, it can sometimes feel like an interrogation, but keep in mind, they ask questions to gather details so they can make the right decision, buy in, take the proper action, or just truly understand. Now, oftentimes people will ask, what style's best? Well, the answer, of course, is yours. You are gifted with strengths that, when utilized, contribute to all the lives around you. And when we look at our intentional optimist, that woman from Proverbs 31, she knows her strengths, abilities, and even weaknesses. And she's so comfortable with herself that she can laugh at the days to come. You need to understand that your style is valuable and needed and makes everyone around you better. Then, when we take the time to communicate and connect with others through their style instead of our own, we build bridges to successful relationships. So how can you begin incorporating these principles today? First, identify one thing that really struck you, 
What is the one thing you learned or will do differently as a result of what you've just discovered? Two, it's been said that the biggest gap is the gap between knowing and doing. So if all you gain from today is learn these behavior patterns, never implementing or using them to connect with others and improve your relationships, then our time together may have been wasted. So three, I want to make sure that doesn't happen. I've created a special gift for you, the ultimate discommunication cheat sheet. And if you hop on over to theintentionaloptimist.com forward slash cheat, C-H-E-A-T, or click the link in the show notes, it's yours for free. This packet will provide you with insight into how to leverage your best strengths and how to maximize your connection with others. And I've even included tips on how to recognize the dis type in children and how to connect with them based on their type. And fourth, if you'd like to discover your strengths, let's get you a DISC assessment. The Maxwell Method of DISC provides a 30-page report that will help you tap into your greatest motivations, dramatically improve your relationships, and accelerate your results. Head on over to theintentionaloptimist.com forward slash DISC, or again, just click the link in the show notes to get you started on your own journey of self-discovery, growth, and success. And as a special gift to my podcast listeners, I'm offering 10% off your DISC assessment when you enter the code PODCAST at checkout. Now, I, of course, would love to hear from you and encourage you as you learn and grow. Start by subscribing to this podcast and drop a comment or review right below where you listen. As always, you can email me at andrea at theintentionaloptimist.com and let me know how I can be your professional encourager. But maybe you're looking for something more. I can bring clarity, see the big picture, and keep you grounded all while you step into exactly who you're meant to be. I help with everything from goal setting to life balance and discovering your true passions. So go on over to my website, check out my own story, and contact me to set up a time to talk about how one-on-one coaching could be the answer for you. Until next time. Hey, thanks for listening today. If you're an intentional optimist and you love this podcast, please subscribe and leave a review with a five-star rating. You can also snap a screenshot right where you're listening, share it to social media, and tag me. This helps others find us and will have an even bigger impact. If you're curious what it would be like to work more closely with me or just to step up as an unconventional leader yourself, I invite you to schedule a free discovery session to talk with me and learn more. Just email me at andrea at theintentionaloptimist.com. If you're looking for an encouraging and uplifting community on Facebook, hop on over and join the Intentional Optimist group, women encouraging women from all over the globe. The community and email links are right here in the show description wherever you listen to the podcast. Until next time, remember, you're the answer. You are the future of leadership and the role models for future generations.